0: Popular Pig is also made possible by Johnsonville Foods, Hypoor Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Fibro Animal Health, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and Pigequipment.com. Brought to you by American Resources.
1: Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about machine vision and peering into the future of agriculture with Terry Canning. How are you doing today, Terry? Hey, I'm great, Matthew. Thanks. Great to have you as a guest on the Popular Pig Podcast. Uh, and you're calling from from England or the UK?
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm well. Our our, uh, our company's based in Belfast, which is which is in Northern Ireland. But I'm over for a conference in London over the next couple of days. So
1: yeah, I'm I'm calling from my hotel in London. <laughs> well, it's great to have you here. I'd like to start off just by having you sharing your background.
2: Yeah, so I grew up in a dairy farm. So it was a small dairy farm in Ireland, um, still operational. There's, we had a 80 cow dairy. Uh, my, my dad and my brother still farm it. But I left um, in the mid-90s. Uh, I studied engineering, and I worked for about nine years in the telecoms world. So this was way back before Amazon or anything like that. But we were working with the telecommunications companies to develop cloud-based applications. Uh, I worked in Silicon Valley, I worked in Canada, I worked in Beijing. But in 2004, I, I went back to the livestock industry with my knowledge of tech and founded the world's first software service for managing livestock, and that was called Farm Wizard. Um, I grew that up over the next 10 years, until we so were managing about 4 million cattle, and I sold it in 2015 to the Duke of Westminster, exiting in March of 2019. So I just came out exited in March and then was looking for my next challenge whenever I uh, came across uh, the potential of using computer vision for doing what I had done in in Farm Wizard, uh,
1: but just doing it autonomously and with less effort from the producer. Gotcha. And so I guess what encouraged you to jump right out of of exiting and right back into a startup? Yeah, well, it was kind of, uh, you know, whenever whenever you run a startup, you 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 get used to the autonomy and you get
2: used to running, making your own decisions. So whenever we were acquired, we were bought over. That all started to change. So I decided it was time yeah. to go, and and I wanted to take all the lessons, all the, the the mistakes that I had made, all the all the things I'd done wrong, and try to do it right this time. Uh, and I wanted to choose because I was a technologist, of course, a technologist at heart. And and I was looking around the sort of technologies that. Um, that you could use to, to monitor livestock and to find out things about animals um, without, without having to require humans, either humans to actually manually enter the data or to have to de- attach devices to the animals, which is pretty much the way things are done now. So I, I came across Computer Vision. I had the good fortune for meeting my co-founder, a guy called Adam Askew. And Adam had spent 12 years using this type of technologies not for animals, but for looking for cancerous tumours in humans. Um, so he had he had spent 12 years. And well, what their technology did, it it, um, it took slides for pathologists and it worked out as whether or not there was anything cancerous there rather than leaving it to, to the pathologist. So they had just been acquired by um, Royal Phillips. Uh, him and I got together. I, I told them what I did with cows and we says, well, yeah, we could maybe do something like that using our technology. Uh, him and I got together and we raised our first investment, which was a million dollars, um, which allowed us to build out our first insights, uh, build a team, and then start uh, developing, basically spending a year building artificial intelligence algorithms that just took machine vision, just took videos, uh, effectively videos from security cameras, uh, analyzed them, and then look
1: for insights in the animals. Gotcha. Yeah, and so when you... I guess when we're talking about this, you're coming from the dairy side today, but it's very applicable to the swine side as we're starting to see more computer vision being involved there. And so we're not touching specifically on swine, but I'd like for you to talk about your technology and some of the validations that you had to go through. But when you're explaining your technology, if you could talk a little bit about what is that process of creating models for this and and some of the underlying processes mm-hmm. to that uh that'd be great because i don't think a lot of people truly understand what machine vision is and give me yeah. an opportunity to talk about it
2: yeah so with artificial intelligence we're very different from from say traditional ways of building software applications where you have if certain specific criteria ha- happen then something else happens in return so you you develop pathways through through the solution so if somebody enters x into a screen then you do y what happens with artificial intelligence you treat it almost like a black box almost as if you were you were training an individual and what we did we spent 2020 basically with video cameras 2d video cameras in the exit of a number of parlors monitoring 6,000 cows consistently over a 12-month period but putting experts in and the human expert would go and watch the cow and score the cow Um, And then we then fed back that information back into model. So we fed these tens of thousands of of video footages of cows walking past the camera with what the uh, expert had said was happening with that animal. So much so that the model then started to learn to be able to recognize specific gates or how the cow was walking, then give an indication of the the cow's lameness. And that's basically how it works with artificial intelligence. You, you, You build lots and lots of data. Uh, ground truth data, we call it. You train the artificial intelligence algorithms, and then eventually the, the artificial intelligence algorithms then start to be able to do it themselves. Now, what we we w- and once you have the algorithms, then you've got to put it on a pipeline so that you can take in new footage and then build a, an app so the apps can then get delivered back to the farmer so that they can carry it inside. So our our first algorithm we had it validated by the University of Liverpool, and they they basically took it, ran it for twelve months um co- sorry 12 weeks cows walking past the camera Their experts from the university coming on farm and then comparing the results and really they were astounded with the results because what they discovered was that we were just as good as a human in scoring the cows but when it took to when it's when we started actually checking the feet we were then we were then outperforming the human which was a fantastic uh result for us the fact that we could um, not only uh, match the human's performance and, and the expert human's performance in scoring, but we could outperform them whenever uh, whenever you're actually examining uh, lesions of the cow's feet. So that was very exciting. So really, it's all about uh, training the algorithms. And then once the algorithms learn, having them validated and then having them deployed in such a way that they
1: can deliver value back to the producer. That 's pretty amazing because one of the biggest challenges of working with animals uh, compared to people right is that they can 't really just tell you they have a problem, they show you there 's a problem, and so when you can see that and you can communicate that to experts or to individuals on the farm you 're just improving the quality of care and welfare to each and every animal by giving them a more a, a better access to timely care
2: yeah that 's exactly what it is and in fact, it goes beyond that uh, i mean i 'm not sure about swine, but certainly cows are prey animals, so they will try to hide. If they see a human, uh, they will try to try to mask. Perhaps if they've got a sore feet or sore legs, they'll they'll be impacted oh. by the fact that the human's there. But with the camera, of course, they're they're not aware of it, so they're just do, doing their thing uh, and not not trying to hide anything. So uh, I'm not sure if that's the case with swine or not.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure with swine. I, I know when yeah. they don't feel good, it, it it's pretty obvious if you're someone that works with them. But uh, it just takes time, right? Time and patience to to see that that issue is there amongst a a larger group of animals so when you look at now you've identified the animal is lame how do you guys go about ensuring that a proper response is had to actually Mm -hmm. address that animal
2: yeah so that's so so important because you know that's a so what so you can tell you can tell the producer that his cow is lame so what um so really what you need to be able to do is that is they've got to go and carry out some level of management intervention uh, to fix that, to fix that lame cow, else else you don't deliver really any value. So what what we've done is we've integrated certainly in the dairy sector, um producers are used to using systems. So they have systems already that they use for their herd management, whether it's dairy comp or BoviSync or farm wizard, um what they'll they'll have a solution already in place. So what we've done is we've integrated with those. So, for example, with dairy comps, every day we, we send in the, uh, the herd scores. And once a week, usually once a week, the producer will, will produce a list for their foot trimmer. And that, that list will be a combination of maybe a cow that has been calved for a certain period of time. She's a certain state in her lactation. But there'll also be the cows that, that somebody in the dairy has noticed that it's lame. So what we do is then we add the, the cattle um cows to that list as well so that they can the, the, the trimmer can take action and they, they can fix the, the cow's hoof. Um and what we've seen, we've had some research done by the University of Minnesota that by acting on that data you give a much more favorable outcome for the for, for the cow. What what we did, we did a study, we, we ran it with the University of Minnesota on a dairy in South Dakota. Um and what we did was we produced a list. Catlight produced a list every week for the university, and they treated half of the cows and half of the cows. The control group they left untreated. Uh, and through time, what they what they um, what they concluded was that acting early on the catlight information made a big difference to that cow's outcome. So we were really excited about that. That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: So you were actually able to validate. There's an ROI here, which is sometimes challenging with precision technologies.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We've taken an approach and a strategy to work closely with academia around this, uh, because really, you know, and we see it. We see it with our some of our pilot customers now, and you're you're, you're telling them certain things, and they're gone. Are you sure about that? Uh, you know, we don't think things are as bad as that. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, we're sorry, but we've we've had it validated. Uh, you know, we we're massive confidence in and what we've done and and that's why the the evidence is so important to us you know we it's one of our values that we we always act on evidence we always act on data uh, and that's that's why we engage so much of academia
1: so what recommendations would you have to individuals who are working with computer vision or producers who are looking at potentially adopting computer computer vision like if I'm it's, a producer what things should i be keeping an eye out for uh, yeah. either good or bad well really you know, you can do so much with computer vision. You know,
2: you just look around you and, and, you know, you look around a dairy barn or, or a poultry house or a swine house. And there's just so much to see, whether it's how the animals are moving or there could be something about how the humans and the animals are interacting. um, Or there could be, um, there's just so, so much there to do. And what we've tried to do is to take off a, a small part of that which is as, as the cow exits the parlor and analyze just that. So I think if you're thinking about computer vision, um, you're probably way ahead of your time in terms of uh, what's available. We are the only company that's been externally validated by university um, uh, in terms of the, the accuracy of our animal management. There are some great computer vision companies that do how humans interact. So Cattle Care, for example, um, who, who are great friends of ours in computer vision, but they analyze how the cows how the humans interact in the dairy with the cows. So if a cow is spending too long um, on a car or they're spending too short of a time on a car that they're not fulfilling proper protocols, then the system will flag it up. So uh, you know it's it's there's also Canthos who monitor the feed levels of a bunk. So there's not too many companies out there that are doing this. And I think if you're interested in computer vision, Look for the ones that are validated look for the ones that are um, are actually being used in, in, in some of the the largest uh, dairies uh, in the u s and uh, and try with them, but it is certainly very early early stages in, in in the computer vision world so where do we go from here so from our perspective our the lameness insight that we provide the producer is really just the thin, ed- thin edge of the wedge we want to bring more and more insights to the dairy. So, uh lameness was first. Body condition score will be next, and body condition score is really important from a feeding perspective. Because if you're, if, if a cow starts to lose condition really quickly, it could be that she's ill, so they need some sort of a, a an intervention there. But also, if you're if you're wasting a lot of money, maybe feeding a cow that doesn't need that feed, um you know, you can you can see if there's a, a massive ROI. Like I was in a dairy in California two weeks ago, and he's explaining about how. He's four different feeding groups. His top feeding group costs him 80 cents per cow per day, more than the the next level down. And what he was saying is, if we could if we could find uh, cows that were in that high feeding group that didn't need to be there, then we would save him 80 cents per cow per day, which is a really really big saving. So uh, body condition score is definitely one. Uh, there is some of the retailers are interested in human animal interaction. Um, I think as consumers become more and more uh, concerned with animal welfare, we really want to be monitoring how humans and animals interact. Um and, and that's because there's there's training opportunities there. Maybe maybe somebody is is doing something uh a little impatient with the cow or something like that. Those are the sorts of things that we want to be able to flag and we wanna be able to monitor. Um the other uh, estrus detection is a big thing in the dairy world. If we can use our technology to be able to uh, work out when the cow is ready for breeding. And then you start thinking about feeding and, and lying time the cow budget. There are, in, in the dairy world, there's optimal time for the cow to be spending, eating optimal time for lying, optimal time for milking. If we can analyze that using computer vision, then that's really powerful. Because really what we want to do is take away the need for producers to attach devices to animals. We really want to take that away, that for animal, that configuration, that hardware, that, that extra hassle and to be able to just replace it with a camera, and that's really the, the, the direction, that, and that's what we want to achieve.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's it's interesting on the dairy space because you guys are the forefront of all of this in animal agriculture. I mean, the, the value of each, of each cow is high enough that the cost can be justified, even at an early level. I think with swine as an industry, when we look at this, a lot of the challenges thus far is uh, like we were doing – initial uh work on tagging uh thousands of images around just birthing and trying you're to right. understand birthing intervals and like well the cost it, it didn't justify it there but there's a lot of weight estimation and uh mm. things around uh health detection but as an industry a lot of that is still at the university in the validation stage but it'll be yeah. interesting to see how this progresses because it, you're like like you said there's an endless amount of things that we could be looking
2: yeah, I mean, I I I haven't seen so much in the in the. I've heard of some some of, in the poultry world. I've heard of some good uses of computer vision. I've heard of some projects out of China, uh, on um using swine, but I'm not I'm not so aware. of it. it'd, it'd be really fantastic to find out more about that.
1: Yeah, so a couple of questions I like to ask as we wrap things up. The first one, which is kind of an oddball one here, is. What's something about you that most of your colleagues do not know?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I would say I, I, I one time I, I wrote a musical once that was uh, performed in the National Theatre in London. <laughs> That's probably the one thing. I was just
1: a sort of a school, a school musical thing, but uh, I was quite proud of that at the time. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. And then I guess to kind of wrap up our talk. Uh, before my last question, which will be asking you for a golden nugget, some life lesson that you 've had for listeners, would be what are some of the key takeaways that people really should be uh taking to heart after after listening to this
2: Yeah, well, I think you know, computer vision is a really, really exciting area uh but we 're really just you know touching scratching the surface on it. I think there 's a lot going on in other industries such as the autonomous car industry uh healthcare sector that we can translate i because usually you know, I mean, ag isn't usually at the forefront of technology, uh, but we can take learnings from other sectors. So I think that's really, really important. And that's something that, that we've done on the and We want to continue to do that. Um, so that'd be one of the key takeaways. Um, I would also make sure whenever you adopt technology to look for the validation. I think it's important that you're, you know, you're, you if you're selecting technology to work with, make sure you look for the stuff that's got university backing. Um, I think that's, and thirdly, always look for your return on investment. I think it's great. Uh, And we work with some great, great guys and great farmers, great producers that love technology. Uh, But really, you know, we all, whether we're a technology provider or
1: a technology user, it has to provide a return on investment. Else, there's there's no real point in doing it. So what's a golden nugget? What's a life lesson that you can leave with listeners?
2: I think I think um teams I think it's all about teams my first business I set it up myself I, I did it myself and uh I enjoyed it uh but really I learned a lot more as life passed that really everything's about collect collective collaboration synergies so whether you're you're using the synergistics um of a team um you know, when you're setting up a team, making sure culture, making sure everything works together. And then when you're in the ecosystem, then to collaborate with other companies. Uh, like we, I mean, I named some of the other companies that are working computer visions, Canthos and Cattlecare. Care. And we see them, you know, it's, they're not a competition, they're really collaborators. So really, we all have to work together in this industry to make it, to, to lift it for everybody. So I think whether you're a team working together or your companies working together, it's always really, really important to be interdependent.
1: Well, thank you for joining us on the Popular Pig podcast. It's been a real pleasure to have you as a guest, and I thank you for taking the time. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com.